Jump in after dark. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Chomping After Dark. This is technically the second episode we've recorded, but this will be the official first episode of this podcast. We are in beta mode, so go a little easy on us. We will be full access in the future. Would we say early access or full? Full just beta? Well, it doesn't matter. Anyways, we are warping into this episode with some in-detail talk on Borderlands 3, Gearbox's newest game and entry into the Borderlands series. Some quick hitter introductions. We have the Beastmaster Master, Anthony Fisher. Hello. Yeah, I'm mastering all the other masters, I guess. That's right. You control <laughs> him. Okay, so... I was, going, I was going for a nice introduction. No, I appreciate that. I like that, but it's a little perplexing for me to understand the concept of mastering other masters. When it, shouldn't I have a higher <laughs> title than a master at that point? should be something better than master. Well, it's like this. It's like this. You play the Beastmaster on the game, mm -hmm. therefore you're the Beastmaster's yeah. master. But if he masters okay. the Beastmaster... Uh, exactly. It's a conundrum. Think about it while we move on, Fish. No mm. worries. I don't think we I'll ever get over this. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for you. We have the Mech Whispers Whisperer, Morgan Barnes. Hey, yo, it's me, General Mountain Time. I'm ready to bust this pause. <laughs> Uh, Yikes. I, let's try that again. I want everyone to know you're not running a clean show here, Shay. I'm ready to bust this podcast nut all over our listeners' ears. All right? So, go get a Kleenex, because it's about to get messy. All right. And we have the Sirens ring manager, Joshua Fowler. Debating which siren to use here. Let's go with the old classic. Wee you, wee you, wee you, wee you, wee you. Oh, I like what you did. I don't, I don't, I don't know why wow. that siren would need a ring manager. But, ah, the minion siren. You know. I like that one. Mm. That's right. Interesting. And you have me, Shay Layton. But is it really me? Or is it my hologram? Oh fuck! I can't talk. My hologram, my holographic <laughs> clone. <laughs> fuck! Implosion <laughs> podcast. Impl I'm just kidding. Is it me or is it my holographic clone? I spent too much time in Japan. I can't say my. Wait, you my have honors. holographic cologne there? What does it smell like? Clone. Holographic. I mean, it's shiny, I get that, but like, what does it smell like? Smells like failure. So we have talked about this game a lot on the Chompcast. We will do our best. Oh, I figured it out. I figured it out, guys. Grandmaster. Thanks for interrupting me. Thanks for interrupting Grandmaster. me. Grandmaster. We have talked about this game a lot on the Chompcast. We will do our best not to retread old topics and conversations to the best of our ability. Let's start with something that we haven't been able to talk about, the story of Borderlands 3. Now, before we, we begin, as Morgan has said, be aware that this show will include spoilers. I'm going to repeat that one more time. This show will include spoilers. I'll, I'll do We've the siren thing that. again, just so they're, they're really... Wee-oo, 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 wee-oo. Just, yeah. Spoilers! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Step away from the host microphone. I'm sorry. It was an accident. Won't happen again. It's I apologize. All good. Josh we will have also arrest. signaled that when we put this up. So if you are not a spoiler type person, don't worry. We have signaled it at this point. So first, I want to talk about the intro of the, into the story. You are, are introduced to the claptrap that takes you to fight your first battle, and you meet up with Lilith. And you also end up deciding which of the four vault hunters that you end up wanting to be. Uh, now, Lilith, people can recognize as one of the playable characters from the very first game. So I want to talk about how it thrusts the players right into the story. Like you, you were just thrust immediately into the story. You aren't given a lot of um, background to the previous uh, games, you're, you're just thrown in there. So I kind of want to pick your guys' brains about how specifically did you guys like that it threw you right into the story, or did you guys want a little bit more background? And I'll throw it to you first, Josh, because I know you did play some of the previous games. So I'm curious. Um, I actually liked it that they just threw you right in to the game and like not just right into the game but like within the first few minutes you're fighting a boss uh, like they've got you in arena combat kind of getting you right into everything um, it's because the characters you're playing as never really have their own personal story in, in the game which is always interesting like after after the game they're in they have their own story like and a personality in it but yeah, like I, I like that they just get you right into the game. Like I, I feel like that was a good thing for Borderlands. Like it, just, it just worked. So yeah, it's interesting. I never really thought about that about how the main characters don't really have a story. The story really comes from all the other characters surrounding those characters. And then as you learn in like other Borderlands games and this one, they eventually get background when they're no longer playable characters. That's really interesting. Yeah, like you, they have a personality and kind of a way they interact with it, but like, yeah, like after the game, like, like all the characters from two show back up. All the characters, all the characters from one, I, I think all the characters from one. Um, anyway, from what I read, all of them do yeah. show up in some way, shape, or form in three. Yes, yeah. I was trying to think back yeah. through their make sure all of them did. But yeah, they, they all did. Um, but yeah, like they, they have, did, yeah. like they all went off and did their own thing. That's like they're not player characters anymore so they stuff can happen to them um which yeah which is kind of it's always strange because you get this attachment to the older characters if you played the first few games and like well what have i been up to and you get to kind of go discover <laughs> what the character that you had an attachment to was doing all this time um which is a right. that that's weird but kind of neat so it's an existential crisis it is. but it's a it good is one. yes which is also uh, what Fish is going to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. His existential crisis. Yes, yes. I, I can't. I can't believe the the amount of story that they give you. Is I don't know. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> I don't have a crisis. I, to be fair, I lobbed you a very bad transition. Yes. Um, That's fair. Uh, you know what? I, I I agree with Josh as far as like his sentiments towards those uh those story beats because 
you know, seeing Brick, you know, in a game where he's not playable for the second time, you know, he was, you see him in the second one, and now I see him again, and, like, he has this weird nickname, but, like, I already recognize his nickname from the from the second one, like, it feels like this overarching, like, story is going on with this character, but it's a story that doesn't necessarily, uh, catch me in any way like i don't feel like i need to really know what he's up to i'm just like there to like kind of see his character and how he's interacting in the world and it it seems very limited you know um it seems like yeah they were like the part that i put that uh me and morgan played together we were we were going through this uh uh eden six i believe is the area it was like the opening up at the first area and you see Mordecai and um, a bunch of uh, characters from, um, you know, the first and second of Borderlands, including, like, Tiny Tina, all grown up. Um, and it's cool to see those characters like that. Like, it's it's neat as far as, like, uh, character design goes and, like, what what exactly is their role in this story. But I don't necessarily feel compelled by their story. I don't really... Uh, it, and that that's a thing that Borderlands has always kind of been for me is like the story has always been like second to the gameplay like the gameplay has always been you know at the front seat for me at least um i don't know if you guys like really dug the story yeah. or if it gets any better throughout the game um but like those those characters uh um yeah they they just I don't know. I don't feel like I have a close attachment to them as far as the way they presented them, um, which is a shame that they couldn't do anything better. Um, maybe it's the voice actors, um, uh, I, it, the story that they write, you know. You're going all over the place, man. I'm just asking about how you get thrust into the story at first. You're really yeah. getting into Sorry. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, like, because you're not super keen on the story, you being thrust into it immediately was not... Uh, necessarily it didn't do much for um you. it didn't do much for me but i didn't dislike it I, I like you know just jumping into somewhere because it, at the end of the day it's borderlands it's not really well known for its story for me at least and i've really never got down into the deeper lore of it or like i never felt a strong attachment to what type of story they were telling granted it's very lighthearted at for most of the game and like they're trying to be witty and um have you know dick and fart jokes um which is fine i mean if you're playing through it if you're just there for you know um shooting up the psychos and getting loot in the process and better loot and that's a fun grind to do like but you know it's a, it is the third game in the series to kind of like rehash what the first one was doing but it feels like they've done a bit, much better job with that's it fair. That's yeah. fair. So, I mean, you do like being thrust into it because you're not as interested in the story. Right. And I guess that makes yeah. sense. I think a lot of people who do end up playing Borderlands 3 would probably feel similarly to you. Morgan, how did you end up feeling about getting thrust right into the story? Uh, well, I love good thrusting, but um, I've got to tell you, Shay, uh, I thought it was very poorly executed uh, for a bunch of reasons. First and foremost, wow. I'll compare it to uh, a much better introduction, Far Cry 5. Um, a game in where the first 10 minutes you literally walk into a church with a bunch of crazy cultists and a leader and you handcuff 
this charismatic, creepy leader they have to a helicopter, and then a bunch of cultists take down the helicopter, and it's just chaos, and it's like, oh my god, that's a fucking opening. And Borderlands is just like, here's Borderlands. Follow Claptrap around, shoot some skags. And you don't actually meet the villains in the game for like two to three hours. Um, and I think their introduction is pretty good. They, when they first show up and they take the powers from Lilith, that's good. Um, I just think that the, the, all the boss fights in the game are really incredible and I wish they had something in the beginning to jumpstart it because it just seemed too much like the other games and really not up to the standard of a lot of other shooters that I've played. So I was pretty disappointed, honestly, but we were on stream and I was playing with you and fish. So I was kind of oblivious to all that. It was only when I went back and played it again with a second character that I realized how f- I just flat. I'll just say that it was very flat to me. Um, I wish if like a big bombastic boss battle or an introduction to those villains for me would have went a long way. Yeah. And I can feel that man. Like I think back, back to God of war, which was a game where like, I remember the opening of that game was so epic when you first meet the, the villain and that huge fight that you did, like, yeah. Some of the best some of the best games have really good intros. Even like right? Hellblade was another one that yeah. had an amazing introduction. And this one mm-hmm. just I mean, it makes sense for the the IP, but yeah, it just really really gives you no context uh to what's going on and what you're doing in the world. Like you kind of get that inherently through conversation and dialogue. Yeah. Which didn't pull me in as much initially. To be honest with you, I was like Oh, why did I buy the $60 game when I initially started playing? Because it just thrusts you into it. Yeah, you don't get... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. like I like it as far yeah. as like just getting into the gameplay, because the gameplay is good, but you don't... There's not, there's not an explanation of what's going on, really. It's just like, well, here you are. Go. Um... Yeah, like yeah. I yeah, it just feels if it, it feels disjointed in a lot of ways when you first start out. Yeah, they yeah. they yeah, the intro does like there's there is no real sense of purpose at the beginning. Um yeah, I feel like it picks up heat whenever you fight um Mouthpiece. Uh his boss fight's pretty cool how they use music with the speakers and that whole cathedral looking yeah. vibe. And then um, Well, that they're, yeah. they're So I thought they're that finally giving you the the villains. Well, I mean you Right after that, right yeah, after that, uh, yeah. yeah. But they talk to you when you're going inside. Yeah, of that's, that that's what I'm saying. Like you're bit. finally yeah. starting to get an understanding of who they are um, through that segment, and like that's kind of that's where you yeah, finally start yeah. to get okay. That's what I'm doing. I I have a plot thread to pull me through here now. And until that point, it was just like I I didn't really know why I was doing anything. It, yeah, it felt like the midsection, it felt like two random side quests in a Borderlands game. You do the thing where Ellie's trying to introduce you to get the, the uh-huh. vehicle, and then you meet Vaughn, the weird underwear guy who's got to be one of the worst characters in the history of video games. And I'm just like, and you do some meandering. And I'm like, what is this shit? Like, and then it picks up steam, but it's You didn't odd know why you were doing how, that was the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just Vault yeah. Hunters again, I, I guess. <laughs> I agree that like they did feel like side missions, and I feel like... Which kind of leads me to my next question for you guys is the the beginning was heavily reliant on reintroducing characters from previous games. And they were kind of relying on the player to know who these other characters were. And it was interesting. It was kind of this weird juxtaposition there where it was like, okay, we expect you to know these characters. We expect you to have this kind of like... uh 
appreciation for them, but at the same time, it served as obviously fan service to introduce some of those beloved characters from early on. Like you meet Lilith very early in the game, and she's all the way back from the first game as a playable character. Well, or Ellie, she's been in other games as well. So it was kind of cool that they did that, but it also seemed like they were too reliant on that at the beginning of the game. Yeah, that was kind of an issue with two as well. With I mean, we, we, I mentioned this before with the whole after after they're not playable characters anymore, they finally get a story. Lilith is just kind of the central character to the entire story from two on, which is yeah, very yeah. strange for me because I played Lilith in the first game and it always has been like, I felt like I was not really that important because we played a bunch of multiplayer. <laughs> like we did this as a group, yeah. but then somehow like she's this all powerful siren afterwards. I'm like, I didn't feel that OP in that game. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, that's what they do, Josh. Missed, a lot of these You miss the training yeah. years. You miss the training years uh, when mm-hmm. she went to the what is it? The uh the Super Saiyan chamber called in Dragon Ball Z. I can't remember. It's like compression uh, chamber or some shit like that. Something like that. Yeah. She went in there. She went mm-hmm. in there and trained for a few years. Mm-hmm. Ate a few sensu beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sensu deprivation. Beans. All you need is one. Mm. But a few of them. Uh it's probably where all her powers. <laughs> Can you imagine? From. He's it's like a she Viagra. Got OP, yeah. So she was popping them. You only pop one Viagra. <laughs> popping sensu um, beans. Yeah. Wow. I wonder She's if a sensu bean. I wonder if it makes your dick harder. Um, you know, what I was thinking of the. <laughs> of course you. Of course you sh- wonder that. It should. It should, Morgan. It should. It should. It should. No, fish is right. It should. Goku yeah. was definitely pitching a tent when he fought Cell. It, no, wait, he gave I, a sense I to think they... Gohan. Never mind. <laughs> was he pitching a tent? I need to go check that out. Um, I, I'm joking. For research purposes only. Um, you know, I... Yeah, I think if Josh is like post-writing. You will a lot find times... it, whether it's there or not. Is the, uh, yeah. The issue. Really? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> whether yes. or not you want to see it is the question, actually. <laughs> I found that out with Thanos. Um, so basically, uh, I think it's one of those cases where a lot of times you see a game that's made and they, the story's minimal and then it gets, becomes successful and then, then they start writing lore into it. And Borderlands was like so minimal in the story department. And I don't think they even knew it was going to be a huge thing. And then when it caught on, they were like, fuck, now we need, we're going to make this a saga. So that's, I think where a lot of that post writing comes from, but it's fine. I, I don't. Did I didn't see the midget, uh, sorry. I didn't see the, the dwarf with the double guns in this game did i miss him is he a side quest L- little people remember remember it's little people or tinks now mm-hmm. yeah i don't care what is the um <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a dwarf when i played it uh what it was the dwarf with the two guns that i played in borderlands yeah. 2 was he in this game somewhere and i just missed he, him he's a gunzerker but i have yeah, not guns encountered him me neither in- so how come some of the characters are important and others aren't because he was the one i played why do That's i get a question sh- and i'm not I don't know, but he is not in the game. I'm unfortunately, he's one of the ones that didn't make the cut. Mm. Well, fuck you, Gearbox. No, I'm just kidding. Just a question I had. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. done. I'm fucking done with this series because <laughs> of that. Gun Zerker. I'm thinking about. Let me ask that because I'm thinking about who to play this time. I got it in VR, Borderlands Two mm-hmm. in VR. So I'll, I'll talk to you guys about that later. But I'm trying to figure out who I want to play this time instead. Um, Mordecai. Oh, cool. Mordecai. Okay. Or Rigby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man, if there was a rugby kind of character in this game, I'd be all over it. How do you guys That'd feel? Go ahead, Shay. I'm, I'm not going to ask questions. You're hosting. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I, I slip into it on accident. No, I slip into it on accident. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I feel you. So let's let's jump back into. So after the vault hunters or the playable characters meet Lilith, they are sent to recover a map to the first vault, and this leads them to the next planet, Promethea. So. This is like the first game where you actually – we've talked about this a little bit on the Chomcast where you actually get sent to different planets. It's the first game. It's like finally what we've been wanting all this time, all of us, more more so Morgan and Josh and a little bit Fish and not me at all, have been wanting this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and, all um, of us. So uh. yeah, all three of us and almost me. But what did you guys think about the developers f- making the choice to finally send the Vault Hunters to different worlds? Was that like a welcome choice? Was it like, finally? What did you guys feel about it? Morgan, you can go first on this one. Well, yeah, for me, it was something that I was waiting for for a very long time. I, I think if, I joked about them calling it Border Worlds, and I think they should have. And yeah, the second place was really cool, too. It had kind of a cyberpunk vibe to it. Um, you immediately jump in, you're fighting these new kind of creatures. And um, even though I think the story definitely meanders and maybe you spend too much time in like indoor corridors and stuff like that, um, in general, I was like real excited. Like I was like, this is what I've always wanted from Borderlands. And that second planet was was pretty cool. Uh, So I was digging it at that point. Yeah, and that's fair. And I like I like the fact that each planet like because you're talking about the different vibe, each planet has a vastly different vibe as it should. but. Yeah, each planet feels so different than the other one, and it's interesting. Like, it keeps you engaged because you want to explore the environments in some way, shape, or form, I think, at least. Uh, Fish, did you you feel inclined to explore more? Did you enjoy the planets, or Uh, were you just like, "Ah, it's part of the game? Well, the, no, I actually, I agree with you guys. Like, having different planets is, um, from, like, a, a developer standpoint, I think they, they have more freedom there instead of, you know, um, I notice like, you'll, you'll notice, like, in Borderlands 1, like, it's very deserty. Like, there, it doesn't vary as far as, like, um, the regions that you go to because you are stuck on one planet. And then Borderlands 2 tried to change that, but you were still stuck on one planet. Um, so they it felt a little... Um, mix and match with as far as like varying um, uh, environments that you get to interact with that don't necessarily trans transition together as well. Like one second you're in like a big junk junkyard heaping place, and then next second you're like in this big highlands type of place with waterfalls all over. It, it just didn't feel natural. Um, and I think Borderlands 3 does um, alleviate that and make it feel um, more, um, I guess, uh, it's something that's a little bit more, uh, they can pinpoint exactly what type of vibe they're going for at a, on a certain planet and then go with that, which uh, I actually enjoy. Like, it, yeah, um, being able to explore one one area of the or one planet and do all that it is indeed fun but um yeah i i I do like the fact that they did um open it up to different worlds um there is a part of me that it's it's kind of weird whenever you go out into the map and you see the different areas that you can like uh teleport to um i got kind of like a mass effect vibe from that where like you know you can 
look at a planet and then go there um type of thing um but it i mean the places you do go there you, you're not exploring the whole planet um it's not that big of a game so but um it, it definitely like sets a tone of like oh i want to go to this planet because you know it, it has these themes or in, you fight these different types of uh enemies and maybe you like these enemies or you know fighting that different planet so i do like that that's yeah that's one interesting thing is like i didn't really think about it either until just now now that you mentioned it like there's all these different places you can go to on the planet so it makes it feel really large but when you're in those areas it's almost like a corridor so it Mm -hmm. i mean naturally it does feel smaller when you're actually in the area but there's so many little areas on each planet they feel much bigger like the the universe feels much bigger or the galaxy i guess i should say feels much bigger in that game because of that which is interesting like uh, that you can feel like it's too big in some ways and too small in some ways I, which is something I, that fish has never heard from one of his tinder dates but well he's got the bac and the micro that's so. right he's only hearing that he's strictly big because he's got the bac Hmm. yeah i think it would have been interesting if they found a way like when i think about games like breath of the wild and and red dead and stuff that we jokingly talked about last week um they managed to like include all those environments in one place so it feels more cohesive. It's not that big of a deal. I still think they do a really good job in this game, but I guess the way I always envisioned it was like one giant planet and sort of the terrain area changes as you explore it. Um and maybe that's not realistic, but that's always how I envisioned it. But still still really cool. Yeah. It's interesting because like like no man's sky not to talk too much about another game it's very much like that and like even mass effect like fish said like you go to a planet and it's like one universal thing Mm -hmm. and it's so weird that like games are implemented in that way because obviously our plan is nothing like that but it's really interesting that a lot of games kind of implement that design on planets and I i don't know if it's due to um what what would it be like? Basically, what they can do with a game, so yeah. to speak. I but think Josh, it... were you were you happy to be able to go to other planets? Yeah, oh, I was. I, I think as far as the whole linear sections, I think that is kind of necessary to make the shooting any good because that's been something they've done since one. Like, there's open world sections, and then you get to a shooting section, and there's an entrance. You fight your way through it, and then come back out. Um. And I think that's kind of necessary because, like, otherwise, there, it it has to make sense to fight your way through it. Otherwise, it's just not going to be interesting because otherwise you could just, like, uh, you know, climb up somewhere really high and shoot everything from there. And it wouldn't be interesting. Like, they've got to find a way to kind of change up the combat and force you to fight in different ways and if it were completely open you could kind of pick the one way you want to and go through the whole game that way um so i think it's kind of a side effect of it being a shooter really um that they have to kind of design these levels that are specifically made to shoot your way through um which is which is fine it's just kind of you yeah like i, I it almost feels more like diablo it's more shooter to than me. RPG, like, for sure yeah, it it feels a lot like Diablo. Like that one's procedurally generated when you get into the dungeons, but you're essentially just fighting your way through a single thing. Like it uh it's a similar sort of thing. You're not 
it's got this big world, all the stuff you can go do, but it's not. Yeah, it's like a bunch of inst. It's almost like a bunch mm-hmm. of instances. Exactly. In Diablo, and you go in, short loading screen, new environment, yeah. and this this Getting this is you, you get there by way of an open world. But once you get to each area, like there's not a lot going on outside of the areas. There's there's little things here and there, but like the combat sections are the combat sections, um, and I I think that's probably for, for the sure. better. For the most part, like there are some open world games, like bring up Destiny again. They have a lot more going on in the open world, um, but they they scrapped a lot of that in. And anyway, anyway, like the strikes are most definitely better as far as the combat goes. Like you see how it works better whenever it's designed to specifically be a shooter level that you're going through, um, and I, like that's within one game, so it shows you kind of how that constraint is able to just give you a whole lot more satisfying shooter gameplay. So for sure, for sure. It definitely it keeps the game moving forward and it keeps the story story. Or if you're not interested in that, the pace moving yeah. forward, so to speak. So, um, after you get to, uh, after you depart for Promethea, I should say you do, or shortly before you depart Promethea, you do encounter the main villains of the game. You know, it take like Morgan said, it takes you five plus hours to encounter them, but you eventually do. Who are Tyrene and Tro- Troy? These conjoined twins, and they are sirens. And it's interesting because Troy is the first male, to my knowledge, I might have missed something in my research, but Troy is the first male siren, and that is because he is reliant on Tyrene's powers to have his own powers, which plays a role in an awesome boss fight with him later on in the game. So we talked we talked a little bit about first impressions of the villain in the Chomp cast. You know, Morgan wasn't completely sold. We did a poll on it. But now having gone through most of the game, if not all of the game, how do you guys feel about the villains now that you, we've spent more time with them throughout the game? And I'm actually going to throw it back to you first, Morgan, because I think you are, you ended up finishing the game today, right? I'm I'm on the last boss, yeah. Um, and mm. I, I got stuck on it. It was kind of irritating. I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm pissed at the game. I haven't, I haven't got a loot drop in a while that's been of any value mm. to me. Um, <clears throat> no, but I uh, I the overarching story of the characters the villains i think is interesting i like the look of the characters in the context of the world i i warmed up to the villains overall i still just think that the performance of the voice actress like we said shay on the chomp cast is it just something about it it just kind of really off put me um but it's it's fine and you know the boss ba- they are conjoined twins by the way i i double and triple checked that so the idea was yeah. they were split at birth uh and that's why they had and apparently in that universe this is something i didn't know until the very end today the sirens are extremely rare by birth there's i didn't yes. say there's anything that caused them in particular it's just you could have a baby and they can be a siren um unless i'm missing something there so it's sort of like birthing a shiny pokemon or something um well, they're supposed <clears throat> to be powerful women um and i think that's like that's something that's been kind of like the mainstay in this series. They're supposed to be powerful women. So Troy was the first male siren, and the only reason how the only reason why he had powers was because of his sister via being conjoined. From exactly. my understanding which, of what I read, which is a really cool idea. I think there's a lot of developers. And I'm not trying to shit on 
gearbox, but it's going to sound like it. Just that the idea of a conjoined villain thing, I think, could have been handled in a much more interesting way. I think the way they handle it is fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, uh, it's serviceable. Yes. Uh, over, over, okay. uh, but I was going to ask you, um, Josh, just so I don't tread where I'm not supposed to, where did you, can we, I, Josh made me feel better today because I was grinding all day and then I saw Josh literally playing all day today too. Every time I logged on, it said Josh was playing Borderlands 3. So uh, where did you stop at, Josh, just so I don't step on your toes? How did you see it was playing Borderlands 3? Do you have? Uh, because, uh, yeah, I'm a creep and I just follow your every movement. I just um, no, Xbox, Xbox, we're friends on Xbox Live oh, and their conjoined right, service. I wasn't so. aware that, that the Xbox game, I know it shows stuff that people are playing on there, but it's not obvious which games actually have shared functionality on the PC Xbox client. Exactly. Like, I can see anything you're playing, but it doesn't mean we can play them together. Yeah, exactly. So. so I like, yeah, anyway, it's... So Josh, by the way, Josh is a marathoner because he was playing that game for a while. You must be like fish. You marathon games like five or six hours at a time. Whenever I have free time and I had had some free time this afternoon to play, which, uh, yeah, yeah, went went through there. That's nice. Um, Yeah. I've been doing way more side quests on this one, like just kind of knocking out zones as I go. Um, Sorry, I distracted myself thinking about the Xbox thing. What what were you asking me? Where where did you leave off? Where did where were you leaving off? Where did um, you leave I off? I just killed Penn and Teller. You just uh, killed okay, Penn and Teller. So. Okay, okay. I thought you were for some reason. I thought you were on. You haven't gone to the last planet. No, yet? not yet. Not yet. Okay, no, okay. He hasn't. I will be careful. That's, like I'm. I'm still like I'm not. You're okay yeah, with spoilers. Like, okay. Fish, how do you feel about spoilers? Are you okay with spoilers? Uh, I'm fine with uh, spoilers, just because you know. I... Maybe not moments, but like story beats. Like that's something that I really I've never invested in Borderlands. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I well, y- you can, you guys could go ahead and spoil it. I I won't be hurt, but hurt over it or yeah. uh, disappointed in any way. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Shay lead the road down there, okay. so uh, Shay can make the decisions yeah. on where that goes. I was just curious. Yeah, where yeah, Josh... yeah, yeah. Oh, By the way, that I'm boss fight with Penn, way, baby, that pain and torture. That's a, that's I love a really that fight cool a lot. Fight. Yeah. yeah. It's a good fight. Pain really good and fight. terror. Yeah, pain, pain and terror. God, and I terror. keep saying torture. Yeah, yeah. There is a there's a moment, fish, where you get they let you pick your own theme music. It's mm-hmm. pretty great. Like you walk up this ladder and there's like three buttons and it's like pick your own theme music for this fight. That was you just, cool. That yeah, was you just really cool. your walk in music. And just start pl- as, as you go to the fight. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like you're a wrestler. Yeah. yeah. And the music I picked by freak coincidence was fucking amazing. It was like this epic fucking. I just hit the first button. I don't know what the other buttons were. Mm-hmm. So I picked some industrial metal. Was it really? Accident. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that... yeah, that's pretty wow, cool. Wow, wow, wow. That's what it did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But the sad thing is that the second you fall into that ring, the boss starts. But the boss music and the boss itself was yeah. cool. I actually have a true story, Shay, if you don't mind. I have an incredible story about that boss fight. Don't let me forget. Unless you want me to just yeah, say, yeah, he right. was, uh, he was, he was probably the most difficult, one of the top two most difficult bosses for me. They were, I should say. But um, Morgan, or no, sorry, not Morgan. Uh, Fish and Josh, how did you guys feel about uh, Tyreen and Troy as you guys got further in the game? Like Morgan is obviously, he warmed up to him a little bit more, but more tepid on them still. I would probably agree with that mostly. 
what about you guys what did you guys feel um uh well i'm probably the least furthest into the game out of the group um but what i have seen of them like it hasn't really they their characters really i i don't know i i know i'm not i don't feel like i can identify with you know uh, these types of characters because they're kind of over the top they're a little annoying like it they're like they, it seems like they're going in like all sorts of different directions with these characters at times um whether they're like acting like you know some youtuber you know with their budget their children of the vault type of thing where they they're, they're their fans and they're getting out these um videos of what they're doing you know to um create this following um uh, which is neat that they're that this is in this like dystopian type of world but it's all it's not presented in that type of light it's it's almost i don't know i i the presentation of the their characters for me just doesn't stick out and i don't necessarily feel like a hatred for these characters um per se um and maybe that's not what they're going for um but usually you know like care you know villains uh, they they usually give you a reason to hate them like them taking away Lilith's powers like it, it seemed almost kind of meaningless to me like i know well lilith you know is more than just you know her siren power she's definitely uh uh probably the most developed character um out of all the uh main borderlands characters thus far in the series you know so um hey killer hey killer hey killer <laughs> hey killer what is that hey hey what the hell is that no it's fair i think i th- i think Don't like some him. of the story beats f- I think some of the story beats fall flat because of the fact that, like, when you're Troy and Tyreen are always talking to, like, broadcasting and talking, but you never see who they're technically broadcasting to. There's no scenes, so a lot of times those interactions kind of fall flat, and I think that's kind of what you're alluding to, and I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, you don't— Josh, did you feel similarly to Fish? Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Fish, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Fish, finish what you're going to say. All right. Um— Okay. Yeah, it's strange because it they're acting like they're they have this, you know, essentially always on reality type, you know, streaming thing sort of relationship with all their fans and whatnot. But you don't hear about it unless it interacts with what's going on with you, with what you're doing. So it's yeah. like all of a sudden they'll just show up, but it's like you're listening to their stream that somehow you're now you weren't listening to it before, but I guess you tuned in after you did something interesting or they're forcing their stream upon <laughs> you. It's a little strange that, like, it, it does. Yeah. It feels a little... It's like Star Trek. The villains can just force their yeah, stream Yeah, just like all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and because of that, like, I, I do agree. Like, right off the beginning, they weren't... I feel like I felt like they were getting across what they were getting across fairly well. It kind of... Oddly enough, considering how just absolute shit take two's you know corporate structure is and how awful they are as a company they do an awful lot of thumbing their nose at you know awful corporate structures and capitalism as a whole in their games and this is kind of doing that again at a lot of the abusive stuff going on like with you know parasocial relationships but 
I felt like that was good, but it wasn't particularly interesting. And I didn't really like the villains until you started seeing um, the two villains interact with each other more. And like seeing their relationship together, I felt was way more engrossing than just them as internet personalities. Uh, Right. Yeah. Like anytime they're interacting, like, like you said earlier, anytime anyone interacts with like the vault hunters, Mm -hmm. the playable characters, it's not interesting, but anytime they interact with each other, it's always more involving. And that was, I think that was like a big flaw um, in making the, villains more interesting if they had done that stuff a majority of the time it would have been more interesting and the shame is that um fish and josh that you guys didn't really get to experience more of that because a lot of that happens at the end which we're going to get to here shortly so i'm going to go ahead and cut yeah, ahead I, to I the actually next... oh, sorry, they took ahead, a decent amount in really... side quests earlier on if you kind of oddly yeah they do. so yeah you can which get a i do like as you yeah. go if you're doing the side quests so and... And there's some funny things that, like, enemies will say, like, when you kill them, we're like, ah, Tyreen will be so disappointed or something. You know, there's little things like that. But um, I was just going to say two quick things. Number one, I do feel this odd attraction to Tyreen. I'm not sure. Um, It's powerful. Um, I can't explain it. The the manager haircut does it for you? I I like it. I do like it on her. Um, And maybe I could come around her as a character uh, down the road. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely potential there. Um, I just wish it wasn't so off-putting at first, but that's it. That's I just, that's fair. I just wanted, that's I just want to be a little bit of a creep. I just want to get a little <laughs> creepy. In that's fair. Go on the record with your creepiness. But, um, after, like, after you encounter them, a lot happens. The Vault Hunters encounter some former characters from previous games on the third planet. Athenus, or Athenus. Uh, they defeat... A newly found comrade of the twins, uh, which is this soldier guy. That was all right. That was an okay part of the game. They fight this alien beast called the Ravager in the first vault. And after this fight, uh, Maya and Ava, two sirens from previous games, come to extract the key fragment. The twins arrive, and after a tussle, Maya is slain, and her powers are stolen by Troy, which is a big part of the game. Like, the, the first character big character actually dies so it's a big part of the game after this the vault hunters go to the fourth planet eden six to acquire the next vault key they help wainwright jacobs from previous games and he asks them to help rescue his lover sir hammerlock now i was originally going to throw this as a question to you guys but i'm going to think i think i'm just going to make it more of a statement because we're starting to run a little low on time one thing i want to say is this game introduced that like relationship and obviously it's kind of an LGBTQ relationship. I think it was handled very well. Most games, they kind of, it feels like shoehorned in. It felt very natural in this game. It seemed like a completely normal relationship. And I love that. And I love the fact that they were willing to introduce that into the game. So um, for all the controversy surrounding this game outside of in the likes and dislikes of this game, that is one thing that they handled really well. And I just wanted to make that known that they handled that part very well yeah but um moving on from that <clears throat> the vault hunters team up with some of the former vault hunters from previous games to rescue hammerlock for from aurelia um who is hammerlock's sister 
and was a former playable character from the pre-sequel. So I don't know if this was a big twist for you guys at all, because I don't know if you guys played the pre-sequel, but from playing a former playable character, or being able to play as this playable character, to actually having to fight her because she became a bad guy, was that a big twist for you guys, or were you guys just like, eh, it's part of the game? I actually liked that. I liked that some of the... Because like I said before, with Lilith all of a sudden just becoming this huge, you know, central figure in all of the story, which was always strange, I kind of liked that the the old playable characters don't just have story armor, which I thought was... Again, it's it's interesting. Like, it actually lets you kind of get to know these characters more like it gives them more depth after the fact um which yeah yeah i actually really I, liked that as far as I, the whole relationship there like um that that whole section was done really well like between um jacobs and hammerlock and um his sister like all all the conversations between the three of them were they were it was really good it was really good stuff Definitely one of the strongest parts of the game, in my opinion. I uh, I I feel like Borderlands is really good at like understanding their fan base and their own lore. I do feel a bit left out because I didn't play a lot of the pre sequel in Borderlands Two, and that's not a criticism of the game. But if there's a lot of people out there that play casually or maybe just blew through with mm-hmm. their friends, I feel a little bit like left out of these things. Like until you just said that, I googled it. I'm like, oh shit, she was playable in the mm-hmm. pre sequel. That's fucking wild. So I. I yeah, no I don't even think it's even necessary for that section, though. Like, I felt like it was strong enough on its own. It didn't no, feel like... No, You didn't... You, there wasn't any... But... That knowledge was nice, but... it's more but, interesting... Yeah, it didn't... I think it's... it's To me, it's more interesting to know that mm-hmm. stuff. I like to know that stuff. But I did not. And I had trouble with that fight by myself, too. But um, it was the first fight that me and Fish separated mm. for. And I had to do it by myself. And I wasn't ready, but... Um, yeah, I, that's I. I'm only saying is I like to know that kind of stuff because I feel like it makes the experience like more rich. Like I wonder if the game would be more enjoyable for me now now that I've experienced more of it because I know what happens right. to yeah. people. Yeah. Right, and I, I felt the same way. Like I had no idea that she was. I had no idea who she was or that it was a playable character. So like I wasn't really surprised by it. But then going back and reading it to do the research for this episode, I was like, oh wow, I didn't know. That's kind of cool taking a playable character and making them turn against you. Mm-hmm. So I, I really going back and reading that would have been more impactful for me had I played the previous games. So that was really interesting. Right. I enjoyed that. Um, but after defeating her, the vault hunters go open the Eden six vault and they have to fight the grave ward, which is, and now I've now having finished the game, it is still my favorite boss fight in the entire game. That fight is like that's the turning point, I think. Like, because to that point, you've, you've fought a lot of bosses, but they've been largely underwhelming up to that point. Uh, the Ravager was kind of cool, but other than that, underwhelming. But this boss fight is like the first like boss fight. You're like, oh shit, all right, this is a real boss fight now. And for the rest of the game, you fight really cool bosses or pretty decent bosses at that point. So, like, I felt like the overall feel of the boss fights were mixed. Some of them were underwhelming and bland towards the beginning of the game, because I've already forgotten about them. And then some of the other ones, like uh, the Grave Ward, Grave Ward or the Troy fights, were highly memorable. Mm-hmm. So, what was your overall guys? What was your guys' overall opinions about the boss fights? I see you gearing up, Morgan. What do you think? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I boss fights are like a huge thing for me personally when I when I pl- think about these kind of games and action games in general. And I, so when I think back on them, I like mouthpiece a lot because of the setting in the fight. Um, simple, but I think it works. I liked the 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 grave ward boss you're talking about was very cool. Um, very towering giant sort of dragon esque kind of a creature. It's cool because it would slide the stage yeah. around too. Uh, and I fell off one time and died, <laughs> and I was really angry. Um, a little, like all the boss fights at their best, I think are still a little sloppy and frenetic by design. Um, but that's just the way Borderlands is. It's fucking chaos sometimes. There's so much fucking shit flying at you and enemies everywhere, and you have to be able to get those second wins. But yeah, the the um, you're right. Mixed the Katagawa boss fight, I thought was pretty bland i thought the music was awesome though i thought the um the egg brain or whatever it was the brainiac thing i i I feel like it was just they didn't do anything with it like even if the brainiac was a cool character it was just like a a boring arena so like just all over the place but there are locations good have an awful lot to do with whether the boss worked or not um yeah part of it yeah yeah the grave ward the best part about that is that he moves the stage. Like, he just tilts the whole yes. platform. I mean, the, the boss himself is all right, but it's mostly just a bunch of area of effect stuff while the stage yeah, is yeah. moving around, which is which is cool. He's getting yeah. tilted all over the place. It reminded me a lot of that. Um, it I bet it was... Oh, Shay wouldn't appreciate this anyway. He doesn't like Diablo. It reminded me a lot of that boss at the end of the desert in Diablo 3. It was like... And probably a heavy inspiration mm-hmm. for them. If you remember, it was like a giant demon... And it was halfway over the yeah. top, and it would slide its body mm-hmm. around. It looked almost exactly like it didn't shift the ground or anything, but it almost looked exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, very similar in, in inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah, the pain and the pain and terror fight had that uh, uh fish is a minor spoiler, but you track down this like giant, uh, like Mad Max style um, killing. So it's, it's like, like a, a giant mobile city. Tank. It's like a city-sized yeah. tank it's like this massive thing um cool it very mad max i think it was called the carnivore it was like yeah a mobile city basically and you like chase it down and it's pretty cool and then you go inside of it and that's where you fight the pen and teller yeah. boss pain and torture and that that fight actually really enough i liked more but just because the build-up to it and yeah, like it, everything to me, it led embodied... to it up until that point like the and it embodied, yeah, it embodied Borderlands to me more than, well, okay, first of all, the Grave Ward fight was fucking awesome, um, but this fight was cool just because, like, from the creepy announcer guy, like, announcing to that crowd of people, to, like, the tone and the music, like, that was, like, it was almost like that scene in AI, where they go to the flesh fair, and there's, like, uh, and they're tearing apart all those robots for the human yeah. amusement. I got tones of that. So I thought that embodied the spirit of Borderlands so well. And, like, as far as yeah. voice actors go, like... What's his name? Penny? He knocked. He might be the best voice actor in that, that whole was really, game for yeah, me. That like, whole section was great. Yeah. Uh, it was really, yeah. really great. Um, so Borderlandsy, just like the way he announced himself in the microphone, like mm-hmm. it was so like this is a circus because that game is kind of a circus freak of murder, and that's what they yeah. want, right? So, um, I really, I love that boss fight, and it was really tough. And, and you know what? At the very end, my quick short anecdotal story that I'll save that I thought was amazing. I'm in this like 30 minute boss fight, right? And I got it down to its last sliver and I get killed and I'm turning around trying to get a second wind and there's this enemy right behind me and I'm losing my second wind and I'm trying to shoot him and I'm starting to reload and I'm like, no. And I'm and I literally know for sure it's over. I'm going to have to do this again for 30 more minutes, right? 
And then suddenly, like a heavenly um, blade from the skies, the boss had this weird move where it would sling these giant blades around the arena. You know what I'm talking about? They would follow you around. They were like these giant scissor blades. Yeah. It killed its own person, but because I started hitting them first, it gave me credit <laughs> as a second wind. So in the last sec, I taped it too. And on the last second, very the- generous yeah. in the game. Well, if you start the yeah, if you start the offensive damage, even if the enemy kills it, you get credit for that that kill. Um, and so it second winded me. I popped right up, unloaded into the enemy. I probably should have done that in the first place. And then I got to the last form where you take its shield down. It was that weird iridium yeah. thing. But it was such a crazy, like, random thing. I was like, man, that was probably a lot. Uh, but yeah, anyways, like the boss fights a lot. The Troy boss fight, which we won't spoil too much, we'll get to later. And the last boss fight I'm on now, even though it's irritating as fuck, is also really epic. So the boss fights have mostly been great. 70-30, amazing. 30% yeah. underwhelmed. Yeah. That sounds... I think Actually, I think it's probably... I was going to say about, about par for the series. I think it might be slightly better for the series. I feel like a lot of these bosses are really strong. So, Were they good in two? Because I don't remember them, and that's just me being um, old. Uh, for, for the most part, I think they, they were better than two. They are be- It sounds like they're better than two. Like I haven't gone through, um, but it does sound like these, these boss fights sound more involved. Um, like... The boss fights that I'm I can think of, like there there's one where like you're like on some Hyperion or Atlas building and like it comes to a conclusion where like you're on top of this tower and you're fighting these flying these uh this flying drone, I guess. It's a bigger uh, more involved fight, but um you're on top of this roof rooftop and um just shooting at this uh plane that's like flying around you. Um uh and it before that, like you don't necessarily fight any any enemy types quite like that, so it was it was a bit more memorable as far as like this scene and everything and where you were fighting the location, um, and then they had you know like a giant mech uh, fight as well. But like as far as like how involved they are, like I never got into like um, the DLC boss fights where those felt more like raids almost, where they were just way too difficult and like giant claw marax and stuff yeah. like that like from the mm-hmm. first one yeah, yeah yeah that's true they're good fish you'll i think you'll dig them if you ever get around to finishing it out the every boss fight from exactly where we stopped has been great mm. so okay yeah mm-hmm. when you get into the back half of the game it gets a lot better a lot it is, better it is a shame it takes that long yeah i, I do think the game like i said before i think it could use some trimming or made the other boss fights better right. but it's weird how good the boss fights are in like the last. I, I do think the the first uh, vault that you do come across and fight the the ravager uh, or the rampager. Yeah. I thought that fight was actually a little bit more involved. It wasn't nece- technically yeah. like more difficult. It was just more of a spectacular of seeing this creature jumping spectacle. Yeah, yeah seeing yeah. A, a, this uh, He's this creature jump for around an the enemy room. that big, which is yes. not yeah unique. Yeah, you don't expect it to be like, it, 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 it is unique. Like like it's, yeah. Yeah, isn't it like a monkey, like a giant monkey or something? Uh, well, he, I don't even know what he is. Forms. He's kind of like this elemental-looking kind of. thing, but yeah, he just monkey-ish, yeah. <laughs> monkey yeah. adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are and, I and this that, though, but. the aesthetic too, leading in all those areas too, Shay. Like that last area where you go into like the mouth that has all the saw blades in it and the double cathedral. You've been there, right, Josh? Yeah. Or no? So, I don't know. 
you're close. I thought you showed me. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember. This a lot of the environments where the bosses are at the end of the game are really cool too. Yes, um, yes, and that's yeah, and that's exactly right. A lot of the environments make or break some of these boss fights. These boss fights because of the fact that they're not as interesting of bosses, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you think about it like a world like Dark Souls, and this last thing I'll say, I'll shut up, is just that you can tell a lot from the story in the world by not saying anything. Just there's a lot in that world that's interesting just to look at and see and look around to. I don't need to know. Like, I feel like their narrative, their actual storytelling is kind of mediocre, but the things they've built in the world to tell a sort of a vague, interesting story are pretty cool. Um, And I wish they would have taken. Sometimes it's okay to shut up. You know, Borderlands is a lot like. Uh, my sex life, you know, it's inconsistent. You just wish I would shut up. Um, it's kind of ugly at times. Sometimes it looks good. Sometimes not so good. Um, and I think I, I I lost the dismount of my joke, but you know where I was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you, I feel you. All right, so after that, a lot more happens. We're going to gloss over it, go some of it really quickly. Tannis drains the Grave Ward's power to prevent the twins from getting it. They get angry and kidnap her, whisking her away back to Pandora to publicly execute her. This is where you go and rescue her, and you deal with the whole pain and uh, terror uh, bit, and then you learn that Tannis is also a siren. They, she <gasps> kept it secret to protect her life. After being rescued, the Vault Hunters assault the COV's headquarters to stop the twins. But are too late. Troy activates the great vault key, which is the moon of Elpis, which is orbiting Pandora. A huge battle ensues, which leads to Troy being killed. Ava takes back Maya's power, which is this empowering part. I'm not trying to be funny, but it is a pun there. Uh, it's a big part in the game. Close your ears, Josh. Close your ears. The great vault starts opening despite the vault hunter's best efforts, though. The vault, and here's where the game really gets interesting. Um, big spoilers. The vault <gasps> hunters are contacted by Typhon de Leon, the first vault hunter, where he tells them that the destroyer, an interdimensional monster, resides in the vault. He has world ending powers and must be stopped. Dun dun dun. The vault hunters are summoned to the Iridian homeworld, Necro <laughs> I knew I was going to fuck this name up. Necro Tefeo. Typhon reveals that the entire planet of Pandora is the Great Fault. The Iridians created the planet to contain the Destroyer. There's a machine that has been left on Necrotefeo that is there in case the Destroyer escapes. As the Vault Hunters are gathering the four Vault Keys, Tyrene reveals that Typhon is hers and Troy's father. The Vault Hunters... Fight along Typhon to place the vault keys in the keyholes. You, you come upon the grave of his wife in the midst of that, where he explains why he kept the twins' heritage a secret and what his intentions were with them. They place the final key and acquire the key to the great vault, but Tyrene intervenes, slaying Typhon and stealing the key. Now, Morgan, you're the only one who's encountered that, so really you're the only one who's going to be able to comment. Was that poignant for you, or was it expected? Um, I did get, yeah, I did kind of guess that, uh, the, I wouldn't say I guessed it, but they allude to it and then they kind of figure out that, you know, the, the first vault hunter 
gave birth to the twins. And there's like little inside jokes where she talked about being caged as a kid. And then he described what the cage actually was. And you're like, okay, it wasn't really a cage at all. So there that's, it did that part. Weirdly enough, I was, I did think was pretty interesting. I remember kind of scratching my head and saying like, where has this been the whole fucking game? But I did think that that part was at least interesting. I did think Typhon de Leon was a little bit of a weird character. Uh, and they were going for kind of a Danny DeVito, uh, hobo hobbit kind of a thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> they were kind of going for that, yeah. Uh, but he did, there is a, he leaves some funny stuff in the vault about, <laughs> that's, uh, anyway, you'll see. Um, but, yes, it worked for me for the most part and made that story a little more interesting. I wanted to actually know what you guys thought of Tannis because I know you had to fly through this, Shay, and that's okay because we're limited for time, but she ended up being a huge character in this game. And like, I remember her introduction was so cool where she, you go into her lab and she crawls out of that monster and you're like, okay, this, this girl seems pretty cool. But like just her delivery and sort of her aesthetic, like the way she looked, her design, I remember thinking she was a little bland, but she's actually a big part of the story. Like, how did you guys all feel about Tannis? I've liked her <laughs> since the first game. I wasn't super so. keen on her. Um, but wasn't, wasn't my favorite character. But so she was in the. I don't even know if she was in the first game. I'm sorry. Yeah, so she was in the Borderlands one. Okay. A vault tech expert since the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That you just curious. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're yeah. Yes. She's just, and she is a siren. He, yeah, that part's completely okay. new. Like like they were saying, like we never knew why she was such an expert at it, and that's that's why apparently she that's like part of her power to be able to make sense interface yeah. with this iridium technology. Um, but. Yeah. She has a very interesting vocal delivery. I am. Yeah, yes. she's oh. really, really just eccentric. And that's kind of always been her thing is just she she gets an idea in her head and just fucking does it regardless of how dumb of an idea it seems and how much trouble she gets herself in. Um, okay. And, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I just and, didn't, But, but yeah, I, I like you're saying, even remember. if you didn't remember any of that from playing these other games, yeah, the, the way they introduce her in this one, you know, after the ship gets disabled and you know the part she's stuck in starts to freeze, she just yeah, crawls yeah. out of this monster that she had, you know, decided to. She's pulling a Han yeah, Solo. Yeah, decides yeah, to Han Solo from uh... um, stay warm inside this monster. But yeah, I just thought that was funny because it's like that's exactly the sort of thing that, thing she, that she would, she would do, do based off of everything else you've seen for the rest of the games, yeah. and it, it gets that across really well if if it's your well entry point to the game so well like Shay would attest to she uh she has a thing for the typhon de, de leon the, yep. the first vault hunter yeah yeah it's a little weird but she anyways, does. i was yeah, just she, curious yeah she has an infatuation yeah. for him she does and it's more like yeah she respects like what he's been able to do and what he's done for you know all the other vault hunters and uh, what what is there? Crim, crimson, crimson. Fuck, I forgot. I forgot. Crimson Raiders. Like crimson Raiders. Yeah. Crimson Raiders. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Did you think that? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I was just uh, gonna delve too much back into something we already talked about, so it's not important. Go ahead. That's fair. All right. So the Vault Hunters with Lilith go to find Tyrene on Pandora to confront her, which leads to the final boss fight. So now I'm going to spoil the rest of the game. I'm going to spoil the end of the game. If you don't want to listen, you, the listener, or you, my fellow co-hosts, don't listen to this next part. Just give me a signal when I can come back. Okay. After a somewhat lackluster boss fight and cutscene, boss was super easy. 
Um, Tyrene is slain in a very underwhelming death. Lilith gets her powers back, but only to fly into Pandora's moon. It's fine. I okay. I heard you say lackluster boss fight, and I got upset. Hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> Lilith gets her powers back, but only to fly into Pandora's moon to close the vault, and ultimately sacrificing herself. The game the game rolls credits, but allows you to keep playing in a in a true vault hunter mode and mayhem mode, allowing for tougher enemies but also better loot. And that's pretty much how the game ends. Um, I mean, I have a few more questions for you guys. I'm going to have to gloss over some of these because we don't have enough time, unfortunately. And they're minor questions. But uh, one thing I do want to talk about before we break off and leave is I didn't know this. I did Because I was doing research for um, this game. And we didn't really talk about the controversy surrounding this game. Specifically, there were some union issues. Troy Baker, the voice actor of Reese in Tales from the Borderlands, was offered to reprise his role. Being a union member, his claim was that he could not work on non-union games, which Gearbox refused to work with. And in turn, Gearbox, of course, claimed that Texas labor laws do not allow them to accept working with a union member, which turned out to be false. Uh, Morgan had also mentioned the whole sending out incomplete game copies for people to review to possibly manufacture higher Metacritic scores. He had mentioned that uh, about a month and a half, two months ago now. So Gearbox has had other controversy recently, not specifically involving Borderlands 3, so I'm not going to detail it. Now, I don't know if you guys knew about any of this controversy. I didn't know about any of it other than what Morgan had mentioned, until doing the research for this game. Has any of this controversy impacted your enjoyment, personal enjoyment of the game? Do you think that um, it's a big deal? What do you guys think? Anything big on that? or um, For me, it's, I'm not, um, it what? hasn't affected my enjoyment of the game, um, mainly because like I didn't really follow that type of uh, news out of them um, and never really looked into it. So, um, I mean, it, it is a shame to, you know, you know, like the, these labor laws and like um, getting these voice actors. Um, uh, there was indeed like um, some controversy there. Um, and, and it always sucks to hear that type of stuff um, um, because uh, you, you do know there's there are good people on that development team. Like they all can't be bad, and like I'm sure they're just um, trying their best, you know, to try and make a game and do an ethical type of thing. And and yet they they do have a job to do as well. So, um, but I I do enjoy, you know, I am enjoying the game as far as that goes. But um, so, so it's not necessarily deterring me from, you know, enjoying the game. Yeah, the fair. game's actually deterring you from enjoying it. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Borderlands, yeah, yeah. Borderlands is deterring me from Borderlands, essentially. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like you know, like I think we've had this discussion about you know sequels in series, um, and I feel like. It, it, they they are kind of like a remakes of their own selves and like Borderlands to me like it, it sticks out more to me for some reason because 
Borderlands definitely has its own feel. It has, you know, it, the guns uh, all seem to like feel the same throughout the, all the different um, uh, uh, throughout the whole series, and um, they're just over the top, like crazy, like oh my gosh, this this ha- this this pistol is shooting, you know, big rockets at my enemies and everything. So it, it, it's it's it has that different feel to it that's just over the top. Uh, which I enjoy, but um, I don't know how you guys feel about this. But um, to quick answer to your question, Shay. Yes, I do not. I I let me rephrase that. I separate the art from the artist, and except for rare cases like the Louis C.K. thing, because it was such a personal kind of thing. Um, uh, but so for the art from the artist thing, it doesn't. I doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game at all. Uh, That's fair. I was going to ask it's, it's you. It's something to be aware of. It is. It's an interesting, and there's the whole, you didn't even delve into the whole USB drive left at a medieval times and all the stuff they've, like, there's a lot going on with, I, my only thought is maybe that company is a little bit of a clusterfuck at the top, and um, it sucks because, like, dude, for example, on the X. It's a, it's a big clusterfuck on the top. Like, uh, I, I don't want to detail it because we don't have the time, and this isn't the podcast for ripping on Gearbox. But one of the top guys is being accused of, like, sexual harassment and assault. Oh, um, that's awful. Uh, oh, the, I think it's the CEO, if I remember correctly, has been accused of uh, taking over a million-plus dollars from the company. Oh, I and heard that. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Well, and there's a, there's a lot of good people that work on the game, too, so that's why it's hard for me to pin it all on, you know, the art on one person. But, yeah, you're right. And but my only what I was getting to is just because the game is so poorly optimized for consoles, including in my opinion, my Xbox One X. I'm wondering if there's that's part of it because all the pieces are there for the game to run well. Certain areas run incredibly well, like the the pain and teller or pain. God damn it, the pain and um, terror. Uh, to- terror boss fight loaded perfectly fine, but like that big grave ward boss I showed you, Shay. Like it took like three seconds for all the textures to load. Oh in no, on the it's. It's it's just I'm just saying that's a small example of the millions of things I've had. I've had my system crash, freeze, and I don't expect. And that's fine. You can mock me all you want, Josh. I mean, you'll be super critical of other games. I don't know why you're not being. No, the the crashing and instability issues are major issues. But the texture pop thing is not an issue. Period. Because the alternative is just long load times, and that would suck. I will no. It's that's that's not a fair barometer, Josh. Because there are games that don't have low times and don't have this issue. I play them all the time. Look at Red Dead Redemption Red, Red, Two. Red Dead has Redemption Two has tons of load times. Look, not all, you, it, no, it, it, it takes. It has one yeah, load it takes time. five minutes to start the game, and then after that, and then you'll never yeah, have it because again. You can't never move again. anywhere again. It's so unbelievably again, slow ex- that you'll never okay, possibly excuses. run into a low time. Oh, and if you want textures to pop, I'm glad. Just do something that it doesn't think it needs to load, and so why do I have to sit in a two minute long loading screen just to come out and still have the textures not loaded? Two minutes. It's inexcusable, Josh. Most of the load screens are ten seconds at most. Maybe on PC. I mean, you're talking about a completely different world here. I don't know why you're telling me what the console version's like. You're not. The hard drives are about the same. I'm not running it on an SD drive or anything. Like it shouldn't be a slower load time. Because that's based on the I hard drive. I am telling you, all I'm telling you is that I am not the guy who complains about performance. 
and this game is just distracting me at every turn. It's like a going on a date with a beautiful person with they have a giant pimple in the middle of their forehead. I can't stop staring at it. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean I don't like the game. It doesn't mean it's not what I'm you know going to make it in my top ten games of the year or whatever. I'm just saying it's distracting, and other games don't do that. Other games that are a lot more ambitious. Because if you're trying to tell me that Red Dead Redemption Two is not more ambitious than Borderlands, then I'm just going to have to agree to disagree. But no, I'm not saying it doesn't it isn't, have that. But issue. I'm saying I'd much rather get to playing the game than wait for five minutes to load the game when it starts. That's fine. I mean, I would rather have the game start and actually look nice. That's all I'm at. Less distracting. I, I, I. One thing I do want to say is I've found multiple videos on uh, YouTube, and this um, I sent you guys one actually in the whatsapp but here's one that says rockstar have finally fixed the graphics in red dead 2 after months of downgrading them so it was an issue in red dead 2 as well and there were texture issues there were blurry issues but they were eventually fixed and this is a conversation we were having privately uh i think it was yesterday or the day before pretty sure yeah one of those two yeah where i was saying that we should we should definitely be giving well i wanted morgan to understand that yes it it is it is an issue. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's a major issue, but it is an issue. But give them time, and they will fix it. And he said, Red Dead Two came out straight out the gate just fine, and it didn't. And I think, are you talking about the online or the offline? offline? Online or no, no. This is offline. This one's offline. Okay. The, the videos On that I've sent, I've sent pros or one X's. What are we talking this about? This is not something. This is not. This well, is not I'm about just Red asked... Dead Two. This is not about Red Dead Two. The then why are you bringing Red Dead Two? Because you up? did. I didn't bring Red Dead to you. You are. You're countering. No, I brought it up, but you're countering it by mentioning that Red Dead also had those problems. And what I'm saying is I played Red Dead on a 1X and it did not have those issues. Okay. Okay. You're right. And and another thing, because that's false, and and I have a million videos on my hard drive to prove it. Secondly, I am always going to give a game. I will say this exponentially for the future. If this happens, I will always give a game a little more leeway if it's ambitious. And and that is always going to be the case. But I'm promising you that I do not. I don't want to be distracted and irritated by this game. I have no reason to. I'm just telling you on the One X, the game shouldn't perform that way. They shouldn't stutter. They shouldn't freeze. They shouldn't have that much pop in constantly. And they shouldn't crash my system. Now, I'm the not crashing, saying Red Dead's yes. perfect. The freezing, yes, absolutely. The texture issues, all games have various texture and graphics issues. And they do eventually all get fixed. Well, not even but, that. Like it's, like I said, it's a trade-off whether you want load times or some texture pop in because you get one or the other. The third, the third the option pop is just a bunch of fog, like we had in the PS2. Low draw distances everywhere. That's that's the third option. That's that's always you can do that. Or you can at least until the next gen. Maybe if you ever finish at least until the next gen. Hey, some developers have figured it out. And I and I only say that because there's some parts of the games that load just fine. So smaller you can't areas. tell me that the game some parts of the game load just fine. And there are literally areas where you can turn to the right, it flickers, turn left, turn right back to the same spot and it flickers again. It's it's insane. Like it's just distracting. I I I don't know. I I didn't have that m- much issues on my Xbox um and I don't have the One X. So maybe I don't know. Maybe you got to maybe I don't know. I don't know what the case may be. I know you're not the only one who's had the issue. It doesn't really matter at this point. Let's we've argued about it so many times. Let's just let's leave it at this. Borderlands three. 
I'm going to give you guys one to two minutes each. Do you recommend this game or not? So basically what I, I'll, I'll go first. That way you guys can understand kind of what I, I want or like I hope that you guys do. So quick one to two minute reflection of the game and would you buy it? So I went into this game not expecting to like this game at all. I did not enjoy the first Borderlands. Um, I found it very boring over time. I didn't enjoy whatever story that they were trying to concoct in there, which was not much, which we talked about. So I didn't have high hopes going into this game. The beginning was slow. I really ended up getting into the game after I stuck with it, though. Uh, The boss fights are amazing. The music is great. Uh, The good boss fights are amazing, I should say. The music is great. Uh, The shooting feels good. Uh, very great, great in some parts. The legendaries, uh, personally for me, I I was I got underwhelming legendaries. I know you guys got some cool legendaries, but I did not get very many. I didn't get very good luck on that. Um, I did not get good luck on that. But I think there's enough here for the game um, that it's worth purchasing and it's worth playing. Uh, if you're able to look over the controversy that Gearbox has around it right now, that uh, the the CEO of the company has going around it, if you're able to look past that controversy, it's worth it's a game worth playing. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing it. I feel like I've been playing this game for a month, which I have been. But I'm I'm happy that it's done. If you want, if you're interested, purchase the game. So I'm going to actually, because Fish hasn't talked in a while, I'm going to throw it to Fish first. Okay. We'll see what he has to say. Um, I definitely recommend um, this game and pretty much any Borderlands game at this point. Um, just just for the co-op experience, because um, these games are a lot more fun when playing with other people. Um, I would say it's even better if it's a couch co-op type of thing where you're doing split screen. I haven't seen that, but like I've played through a good chunk of uh, Borderlands 1 and 2 through split screen, and um, the, it runs fine. I'm curious um, if there is like a performance um, downgrade as far as like split screen grows on that game, but um, as far as like co- cooperative games, like couch co-op games like i can't recommend borderlands as a series enough um for that just because like it 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 is kind of like that um light-hearted type of you don't necessarily need to be invested in a story you don't need to be following some sort of um um through line in the game like you're just having fun collecting loot uh uh and experiencing the game together and uh seeing the same you know all right, he- hearing and seeing the same uh, jokes um, and kind of commenting on it together. So that is uh, yeah. like the the fun thing about Borderlands, I think, for me. And if that's something that you are kind of needing in your life, like that that kind of co-op thing, like I, I definitely recommend picking up Borderlands. But um, if you're more like a critical person and maybe um, you, you do like being like, like if you've really like you know engaging storylines and like that this might not be stop 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 fish okay. fish fish let's slow right. down here i have to do this as our special okay. podcast you no you're fine i'm not saying stop the podcast I'm just... this is not fair you are not being you're talking about like some sort of generic human out there all i've played this game mm-hmm. with you for the past month 
and all you've done is complain about it. You said it was offensive to you as right. a husk, and now you're you're spitting like this generic happy tune. Why are you not being honest with our our listeners? Well, no, I, I just I'm want being, the I'm truth from you. Like, uh, I, I've, I've... You said it was torturous. You know, I was like, you you talking about you didn't even want to play it with me anymore. It was torturous for you to play. At certain points, and uh, I I will admit, like those were times when like I was tired and playing that game. Like it was like a Sunday morning playing that game, and I'm eating you know a spicy banana and I'm going through that game. But um, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, doing our Twitch stream like. Uh, it's a it's a little different whenever you're streaming that game because I've only played that game stream streaming. I haven't played it. I haven't played much of it solo, to be honest. Other than a few, like a couple. We've played it a lot together. Off stream. Yeah, we have. Um, but I don't know. Like it, it to me, it feels. Uh, here, here's what I'll say. Like Borderlands Three is very much like Borderlands One and Two. You're, you're. It's. It, they, they've definitely taken the best parts of those games and added some um nice quality of life uh um adds to the game but for the most part it's still that same borderlands experience for me and um i don't know it, it just it just doesn't do anything for me nowadays but that's, if, fair. that's you know. fair wait wait so it doesn't do anything for you but you'd still recommend yes. it of course, Morgan. It's a, it's confu- I just give Morgan. him shit because it's confusing. We gotta get going. Enough. <sighs> you, you wait for your turn. You wait for your oh, turn. Man. Hold on, real quick. You would recommend a fish, yes. yes? Okay, let's leave it at that. Thank you, fish. Morgan, your turn. That's fine. I thought you were gonna. Yes, I. <clears throat> I think that. The technical disappoint uh, performance is incredibly disappointing, considering how long it's been. <laughs> disappointing, considering how long it's been, uh, and just compared to other games I played. And I think that the game gets really fetch questy and needed a nice trim. It's like a delicious steak that just has a big slab of fat on it, and you get stuck chewing the fat for too long, and then you spit it in your napkin and hope the waiter doesn't find it later on. Um, it's just, but the pieces are all there for one of the better um, <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> It's my favorite kind of porn, the disappointing <laughs> kind. Um, I do really like it. I, I might end up liking it more depending on how the end game is because I'm w- much more caught up on end of the year stuff than mm-hmm. you guys. I, I think part of me is bitter because I feel like this game is getting way more attention from us than it deserves, quite frankly. There's been a lot more important games that are a lot better, and I feel like it's been nothing but Borderlands for a month. And that part of me kind of is bitter, especially when it comes to certain people I know and love. <clears throat> but... Um, I still think it is, there is a fantastic game buried down in what is just overall a good experience. And as far as I recommend to people, I think it's a difficult, difficult question to answer because games, it could go on sale. How busy are you? You know, it's just too complicated, but I definitely see it being one of my, uh, top 10 games of the year for sure. So you would recommend it if someone's interested. Okay. Yes. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Josh, can you wrap it up for us? Yeah. Um, what do you think? I'm kind of... Yes. I'll, let's, let's, let's just, I'll do this backwards compared to the other two. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. It is, it is 
if if you were into one and two, you're gonna like this. It fixes, like Fish said, it fixes a lot of the issues that they've had in the past, minus the whole, you know, they've got performance issues, stuff that should get fixed. I mean, they've already got multiple DLC, you know, expansions, you know, planned for it. So this is the sort of thing that should get fixed, um, and that should be plenty of end game. Like Morgan's saying, something to get into. And go back to reasons to get reasons for you to go really get into the looting aspect of the looter shooter, um, which which is which is cool. Um, I I I've I've really enjoyed my time with it. I've played it solo just to you know see how that works, um, and it works really well. Like they they kind of strategically put enemies here and there. So like Morgan was saying with that his story earlier, so you can get yourself out of trouble if you're in a fight that's going poorly, um, which is nice. Like, they kind of, they give you, uh, yeah, like, they've, they've got to make these bosses work for one or up to four players. Um, and they do, they do a good job with that. Like, the bosses are good. Like you're saying, a lot of them are really cool bosses. Um, and they're, they're able to pull it off. Um, Again, like it, it, your mileage is going to vary. Like if you don't want a looter shooter, there's I don't think there's really anything here to you know change your mind about it. Like it is what it is. Um but it's really good at that. So Yeah. That's and fair. like Josh is saying, if you don't mind, Shay, I'm very sorry. I know we got to go. Although okay, this is going to be the only podcast people get that week. I think at the core we need to remember that the reason why this game I think is so fun is that Loot games are, are very addictive, and the concept of a looter shooter was very new. You know, Destiny, our beloved Destiny, wouldn't even be around, probably, if it wasn't for Borderlands. And they really, I will give them credit, they improved the feel of the shooting quite a bit. And the concept of just yeah. constantly picking up new guns and getting, if you're a stat nerd that loves Diablo. I love Diablo. I love those kind of games. It's appealing to me. And the art is generally really appealing especially when the textures are loaded in. So there's a lot of appeal here. I will say, weirdly enough, I've almost enjoyed it more alone. And I don't know why that is. It's something I'm pinning on fish. I think my theory, and I still have to spend more time, is that because the structure of the game, in my opinion, is a little bit archaic, um, games like Destiny have sort of figured out that you can just jump in, do a strike in 10 minutes, get out with your friend. Like I feel like Destiny's better built for, for a group, a group yeah. which I know well, sounds... No, I think I know what it is, I though. Like... like, I was actually thinking about this. The guns are very, very different in Borderlands compared to Destiny. Basically, all guns are just stats. Like, there's, they don't feel all that different from one of the next. You get a new gun in Borderlands, you yes. want to futz around in the menus, figure out what it does, try some stuff out, and screw around in the menus, which means you're not interacting yes. with your friends while doing that. Um yes. That's true. That's and there's slow down mm-hmm. there, like or and like in Destiny, the exotics yeah, are you get amazing. Once you get but back those to are town. the only guns. It's like this thing drops. Yes, you're done yeah, doing yeah. what you're doing with your friends, and then you can hang out and all check out your loot together. Whereas in this one, like unless you're playing with the competitive mode, because they have two modes. They have instance loot, which is like a co-op one where everyone's got level scale yes. loot and enemies, um, and you're all seeing your own loot, or competitive which is not all instance loot and enemies and stuff which um i i if you're playing with friends if you're playing with friends i think the uh, the competitive is probably better to kind of solve that problem you're talking about with 
one of you doing your yeah. own thing all the time. No, you're right. And I think that this structure for a co-op game was great in 2011 or whatever. And I think that Borderlands, because they're so afraid to really evolve, that, that it feels a little dated for me when I play with Fish because we're so used to playing Destiny together. I'm not trying to get into the Destinies better or worse than Borderlands. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I feel like Destiny's more designed for multiplayer spurts now. And when I feel when I play Borderlands, I've almost been enjoying it more solo because even at its most fetch questy or whatever, it's very much designed from most to another time yeah. for me. So I just think it's interesting to, to think about. I don't know if you guys have all played it primarily solo, but I've almost been enjoying it more solo and I don't know why that is. That's fair. That's so fair. That's my One theory. So maybe I do know why. And then we can <laughs> we can wrap it up. Is that it's the game is this game is more enjoyable solo than the previous games. Yeah. Um, and that's a big reason why I was able to finish this game, because I actually enjoyed it. I like that we have another game that exists to where we personally can stream it together. Friends can play it together. I think more games like that need to exist in our gaming culture and our medium. So I'm happy for it for that reason. Even if it feels a bit dated, I'm glad there are games out there that we can all play together as friends. So, and the music's um, great. The music's yeah. really good. True, 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 true. But that'll wrap it up. We gotta get. We gotta get out of here. Um, so if you have listened to this podcast, this is not a normal like weekly podcast for us. We did this because next week we will be taking the week off. Um, Morgan has his one year anniversary. I have um to be at work unfortunately so that leaves fish and josh which um we decided to double up and do this podcast because this podcast where we do a deep dive is going to be as morgan said earlier it's going to be available for the patreon uh, the patrons we're going to start making that into its own tier um, we're working on that right now as we speak but we wanted to give you the listener um this episode a to fill up the gap for next week b to also give you um some insight into some of the content that is going to be over at our patreon this isn't going to affect the chomp cast in any way we will still talk about games there we will still detail games there but we want to usually do this kind of deep level analysis that we don't have time for on the chomp cast because we have other things going on there so this allows for us to do deeper dives allows us to spoil games and talk about the story which is stuff we've been wanting to do for a long time but we don't want to spoil games for other people so the way we figured it out is doing it through patreon so you have nothing to be worried about it's not going to affect the chomp cast in any way i promise you so um, yeah and like you're saying shay i just want to add that you accidentally said that it was going to be next week but by the time they hear this show uh, that wouldn't be the case because we will have this show will be releasing on the empty week. So uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So it'll be two weeks from now. I guess is what I what I should have said. So it'll be available um, probably around the twenty first, twentieth, twenty first. So um, sorry, two weeks from now. You're right. No, no. What I'm I saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, but they'll just be hearing it when it comes out. So. You're like you're announcing when it'll be available, but we're releasing, we're dropping this on the empty week, right? Instead of the Chompcast, right? So it's going to be two weeks from now. Yeah, but you don't have to announce it because they're just going to be listening to it. 
two weeks from now, if you tell them right now, it would be two weeks from the 20th because that's when it's going up. See what I'm saying? Whatever time it is okay, where sure, you are sure. is that time. <laughs> Check a damn that's clock. Check a damn that. clock, listener. Find a calendar. <laughs> Yell out to a boy on that's, the street. And you there. What day is it? What time is it? <laughs> that, God damn it. All right, so that'll wrap up the Chomping After Dark. If you're interested in future episodes from this sidecast, please go to patreon.com. Look for it. We're going to start getting them up in November. Um, thank you guys for taking time to listen to us. We love you. Have a good day. <laughs> Fat, sword and a little chomp. Uh, let me fix this real bit. Fish, don't make him nervous, you fucking asshole. Come on. Come I on. can't help it. Come on. I can't help how sexy I am. <laughs>